Awesome. So glad to be with Christian Bronner. Christian, how are you? What's going on, man? Doing good. Um, down in Tampa, enjoying the, the sunlight. How's uh, Wisconsin? It's cold. It's very, very cold. <laughs> Possible tornado coming through, but uh, you know we're, we're making do warm weather around the way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm from upstate New York, funny enough. Uh, we're, we're from the same, basically the same town up in New York, and, you know, the cold's been brutal. So definitely glad to be down in sunny Tampa and grateful for you having me on. Yeah, yeah. We, we, right before we hit record, we were just talking, and we are from literally minutes away um, from one another, which is funny because the other day I was talking with somebody who was also from that area. So small world. Um but, uh, but yeah, glad to be connected here. And um, just for some context, when people ask, what do you do? How do you respond? Yeah, um, to put it really simply, I help other businesses sign more clients by sending them cold emails. And traditionally, whenever someone asks me that, I'll just look for like the nearest thing around me. Like, for example, this water bottle, like if this company wanted more clients, we would basically help them get in touch with restaurants, bars. Um, grocery stores and get their water bottles into more retail locations. That's pretty much how I explain it to someone who's not super familiar with marketing. For those of you who are familiar with marketing, I do B2B cold email for you know service providers, agencies, marketing companies, basically getting them in touch with um, qualified prospects that want to work with them. So, Awesome. Awesome. How'd you, that's, that's fairly niche, right? The, the B2B side. Um, how'd you end up in that, in that specific sector? Yeah. So funny story. We started a, a podcast my freshman year of college, my, myself and my partner, Andre, and we, you know, got really high level guests like Neil Patel and Brad Lee and a couple other high level guys all by sending cold emails from our .edu emails. And we realized like people were responsive to a college kid, you know, trying to get them on to their podcast. So um, was doing cold email inadvertently back then without even realizing it. And then started a, a, a marketing agency in college. And the whole goal was to help people build an online coaching program. And we were spending a lot of money on ads and realized that this wasn't sustainable at all. Um, and that was when we discovered cold email through Twitter, through cold email wizard, all that stuff. Um, realized we were better at the act of cold emailing than we actually were at, you know, building a course program for people. So we pivoted to doing cold email as a service through that um, over the course of about a year and a half and then started a coaching program teaching people how to use cold email in their business. So those are my two focuses now as an agency and a, a coaching program all around cold email and lead generation. That's, that's awesome. And if you had to sort of summarize in just like a, you know, a few bullet points, like what people mess up about cold email, um, what would be the high level things that you'd, you'd say? Yeah, I would say first, the first thing that people mess up is they think that a random stranger that receives an email from you cares about you and your story and what you've done and what college you went to and who your cousin is, right? Like people send these really long emails that are all focused on themselves when in reality, all the prospect wants to know is what you can do for them in like three to five seconds. And if you can't, Communicate that effectively in a few seconds, you're not going to win the reply over and win the sales call. Um, so yeah, just the biggest things I see people mess up are focusing the email too much about themselves, right? Spending three sentences talking about themselves, their background, what they have, their fancy software, when it should be one or two sentences focused on the prospect and what you can help them do. So the biggest two things are too long of an email 
and too much of a, a focus on yourself rather than your prospect, I, I think are the two big things that people mess up. Um, that's high level. And then obviously there's technical mistakes, like people using different fonts and bolding words and just sending like links and emails and making it really messy. Um, but high level, high level strategy is definitely too much, like I said, focused on the goals. Yeah, that, that makes a, a ton of sense. And how do you coach somebody on getting that one to two sentences like really tight, like creating that value right away? What's the hook look like? What's the, how's that sort of connected to the subject line? Um, walk us through like how, how you think about those pieces so that you can just hit that value right away. Yeah, I would, I always advise people to follow a framework where it's like personalization, like notice you're also from Albany, New York, you know, really enjoy going to the Saratoga race course during the summer personalization because we're both from the same area for people listening that are confused. Um, then you want to hook them with exactly what it is you can get them. We can help you book 10 sales calls a month. We can help you sign one high ticket client a month. We can grow your YouTube by 10,000 subscribers in the next 90 days. We can help you achieve X, right? And then if you have a guarantee, add that in as well. So we can help you achieve, you know, 10K new YouTube subscribers in 90 days or else you do not pay. That's the hook. So notice you're from Clifton Park, New York. Um, personalization hook. We can help you add 10,000 YouTube subscribers guaranteed in 90 days. CTA, call to action. Are you open to discussing further? Right. You want to keep it very concise, very succinct. Don't waste any time talking about, like, if you're listening right now, you're like, oh, well, I don't know how you get me 10,000 subscribers, right? That's completely fine. You want to save the majority of your offer and the really nitty gritty of it for the sales call or for the back and forth email conversation that you have with the person once they respond. The only thing you want to do with the initial email is make it short enough and valuable enough to where they want to respond and then let the, the follow-up and the sales calls um, handle the rest of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and one sort of connected strategy, and I don't know if you still use this or not, but you, um, you reference on your YouTube channel the one-two punch, um, yep. which has kind of similar to, to what you're sort of discussing here. Can you, can you walk through how that, how that strategy works? Yeah. So like I said, a lot of people want to tell their life story in the first email. And I like to do what I just outlined where it's like personalization hook CTA. And you're like, well, what if I have case studies and want to elaborate on my offer? Something that you would traditionally write in email one, I kind of realized like, why don't I bump this down to email two? So my second email is a lot more long winded where it's like case study, elaboration, you know, CTA straight for a call. And instead of pitching that in email one, I'm now pitching that down in the second email. And then my original first email is just really short where it's like 10K YouTube subscribers or you don't pay. And that's like the entire email. Um, and I call it the one-two punch because the first email that you're sending is kind of like the hook or the jab, right? Where it's like you're putting out a feeler, seeing if you can just get a response from the prospect without really spilling all of your um, – revealing your hand, right? Because if you pitch – all of your service in the first email, every follow-up you send, they're going to be like, oh, this guy's spamming me, unsubscribe. Their, their flag is raised and you're pitching them. But if you keep it really short and to the point in email one, you can save the majority of that information for email two. Um, so basically just a way to give yourself a two-shot, a two-email chance at getting a response instead of putting all your eggs in one basket up in email one. Um, you know, and If you don't get a response to email one, like I said, the prospect's going to know that every email after that is a pitch. But with my strategy, the first yeah. email is vague intentionally to give yourself that first chance of getting a response. And if they don't answer, you give yourself the second email to kind of 
hit him with the hook um, and get a response that way. So basically just giving yourself two that chances. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that makes that makes a, a ton of sense uh, from the client side. And as somebody that's sort of been on the other side of those cold emails, I mean, you notice that 99% of them are just terrible, right? <laughs> so, uh, they're exactly what you said. They're filled with way too much content. It's not irrelevant. It's really sort of written from the point of view of what the person wants rather than the respondent. Um, so everything that you're saying sort of really sort of lines up with, okay, yeah, I'm going to, this is high value. I'm going to reply. I'm going to engage. Um just to dive a little bit deeper, when you're coaching somebody, personalization is really key. Are you staying completely off like the automation software and and those kind of things? Are you like, or, or how's your sort of system work? Yeah, so all of our emails are automated through ascending software. So we're not sitting there typing out 500 emails a day, right? It's all through ascending software. But like I said, the copy is concise enough and personalized enough to where it's not you know, coming across as really spammy and salesy, right? Um, obviously, we still do get responses from people like spammer, unsubscribe me, right? Like those angry emails are bound to happen in the outbound marketing game. It's just the way it works. Um, but yeah, I try to I try to say like send a lot of send emails at a mass scale, but send them have enough strategy behind them to where they don't appear like a mass marketed email, right? So if I if I send like 500 people in the Albany area, an email that opens with, you know, love meeting other entrepreneurs from Albany. Every single one of them is going to be like, oh, this is personalized. This guy's also from my area. He uh, took the time to do his research. I'm only writing that line once, but it's applying to all 500 people in my campaign. So it's like um, basically highly leveraged personalization where you're doing one set of personalization on the input side, and then the output is 500 emails that apply to all 500 people that you're reaching out to. Yeah, that makes that makes a ton of sense. And that way you're not really sort of messing with like the convert kit style fields and then potentially sort of making it more complicated than you need to. Yeah, um, we've dabbled in stuff like some of the AI stuff coming out is pretty interesting where like you can pull specific stuff from people's websites at scale and mention that in the email. Um, but I don't, AI still has, a, I think, a long way to go before it's really reliable um, because obviously not all 500 of the emails are going to be relevant to the prospect and then you're going to get people saying like, Oh, this is false info. And you're just kind of shooting yourself in the foot that way. Yeah. That makes, that makes a, a ton of sense. Um, one thing I think that separates your, your content on Twitter. Um, well, I think two things, one, you've got a, a wide breadth of stuff that you're really sort of posting on there. Um, that I think shows a little bit more personality and sort of goes a little bit sort of deeper on brand. Um, but, but two, you, you also have, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a pretty comprehensive paid strategy. Um, can you walk us through how you're how you're targeting that and who you're really sort of looking for with your your B two B customers? With uh, my paid ads on Twitter, yeah, yeah. So I mean, our for my coaching program, transparently, we all run Twitter ads to generate leads and calls booked and new students for our program. Um, but I think the thing that separates us from a lot of people that run ads is all of our ads target our own followers meaning we're not, you know, targeting anyone interested in marketing. We're targeting people that already follow us and already are already familiar with us and our personality and our brand and the stuff we put out. So I think it's a really, you know, a, the right way to do paid ads where you're targeting people that already know and trust you and like you um, and just kind of putting your offer more in front of them on a more regular basis with paid ads that actually gets them to take action to join and learn more about your program. 
Um, so on one side, building a personal brand and growing a real following by showing my personality, putting out value, and then monetizing that by running ads to that to that audience to get them to convert into a high ticket offer. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're only targeting your actual followers with the ads, and that's that's it in terms of the Twitter strategy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and what are the other prep platforms that you're primarily using? YouTube. Um, are, are there? Are you on Instagram? Is really using using other platforms there? Or? Yeah. So for me personally, I just started YouTube like the beginning of 2023. I just think it's a really good way to make more of a personal connection with people that follow me and on Twitter because it's face to face and you can see my face on camera. Um, and it's more of a long form, like a thread is a written thing that takes two minutes to read. Whereas a YouTube video is 15 minutes of me sitting here and talking to you on camera. Um, so YouTube has been a big thing for me. And then I only use Instagram for like personal stuff. And then I used to, I used to post a lot on LinkedIn, um, but I've been turned off on LinkedIn just because of how just got really disingenuous with people sending automated messages all day long. Um, so YouTube and Twitter for the most part, maybe I'll get back on LinkedIn eventually. And then Instagram is just personal stuff. So those are my two, two wheelhouses. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of, a lot of sense. Um, as somebody that's, that's built an agency and has, has seen a good amount of success, like what are the most common mistakes that you see newbies making or new business owners making? Um, and how would you sort of coach against that? Um, I think the biggest thing is people get really excited when they sign a bunch of clients at first and they celebrate like, you know, they're gonna, like they just made it. But that the issue is I think every new agency owner goes through it where they sign a bunch of clients and then realize, oh shoot, I have to actually fulfill and deliver results for all these people. And that's when they get a reality check. Like, okay, you know, I was taking on any and everyone at first and now I don't know how to fulfill for all these people. Um, that's something that we experienced at our agency. It's a big, uh, you know, rookie mistake that a lot of people make. Um, and I don't, honestly, I don't know if there's a way around it because when you're first starting and you take on a bunch of clients, you're, you feel like you're on top of the world and that's the natural reaction for anybody, right? Like it's really, really hard to turn away people, turn clients away when you're first starting out just cause you really want to get that traction. Um, so yeah, I guess a word of advice is to be really cautious when you're first starting out, when you're signing clients, because even if they're not the ideal fit for you and you know their offer isn't the best and they don't have the best track record, you're still going to want to sign them on just because you're so new and you want to get that revenue in the door and you know that initial traction with your agency. Um, but if you can, just be really cautious and use your discretion at who you're signing on and make sure that you can actually fulfill for the clients that you sign on before you go ahead and scale. So take on those first few clients, get a bunch of systems and processes in place on your back end so you can actually fulfill for them. And then look, look to sign more clients, right? Because an agency, when you're growing in, it's going to be lead gen when, you sign, when you're looking for a bunch of clients. Then it's going to be fulfillment when you're like, oh, shoot, I have too many. I can't deliver results. And then you figure out how to deliver for them. You get more clients. You got to fulfill for them. And then it's just like a, a staircase, right? So um, be really intentional with who you sign at first or else you're going to run into some trouble where you sign 10 clients and all 10 of them are pissed at you because it's tough to deliver for them. Um, so, yeah, just baby steps. That's that's my best piece of advice. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice. Are there suggestions in there around how you sort of niche down or how you find that right market um, or things that you found helpful? Like if you could run a test or is there like, or, or is there, you just have to kind of go through it to really figure it out. 
Yeah, the only way to learn is to do, right? You have to sign a bunch of clients. Uh, I shouldn't say sign a bunch like I just advised against, but sign your first couple clients, see which one get the best results for, you know, see which offers you work the best with and can deliver results for. And then once you realize, okay, my wheelhouse is email marketers or TikTok agencies, then you can go out and do outbound marketing to acquire a bunch of these same agencies. And eventually you'll have, you know, 10 clients that all offer the same stuff. You can repeat the same process for all 10 of them. And then your work becomes a lot easier than, um, you know, delivering results for 10 people that have 10 different offers and 10 different use cases. And you have to come up with a unique strategy for all 10 of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the only way to really learn is to do it. And that might take a little bit of trial and error, like I just said, but you'll eventually land on a, a niche that you can scale with. So that's awesome. But how long did it find you all to find that, that niche? Uh, I would say, honestly, like a, a handful of months for us where we realized that email marketing agencies were our wheelhouse. And then unfortunately, um, I put out a bunch of Twitter content on our strategy and it kind of got saturated to the point where it wasn't working anymore, um, which is a regret of mine, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, so it took us a couple months to realize that we were really, really good working with email marketing agencies. And then, like I said, the market got a lot more saturated and it was harder for us to give results for them. Um, so we eventually scaled back out and realized that like for the most part, B2B marketing agencies are where we operate the best. Um, so yeah, it took us a couple months and then we actually had to scale back out and go more broad and then niche back in again. So it's a always an iterative process. Your pro, your strategy is always going to be evolving. Um, but yeah, just figure out who you can get the best results with. It might take a month, it might take six months. And then once you figure that out, you can really reverse engineer how to get more of those clients by you know doing outbound marketing to, to sign them on. Awesome. Well, this is this has been incredibly valuable. Where can people find out more about you and consume your content and all that good kind of stuff? Yeah, so I would say the best places for that are on Twitter. Um, my handle is at CB Writes Copy. You know, W R I T E S C O P Y. CB Writes Copy. Sorry, CB in front of that. But um, yeah, I'm really active on Twitter. Always posting, putting out a lot of threads, um, a lot of random thoughts that come to my mind. Um, I also answer DMs on Twitter. If it's a good DM and not a, you know, spammy outreach message. Um, and then YouTube, I think my handle is also CB rights copy on YouTube. You can find more of my um, in detailed stuff on cold email. I really, really try to keep it valuable and value driven on, on my YouTube. Um, so yeah, those are my two main places to find me and uh, connect with me and ask me anything you want to know about cold email. So. Awesome. We'll make sure to link those in the show notes, but thank you for the time. It's been awesome chatting with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Awesome. Sweet.